When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Here's a chance for Wanyama. Brilliantly taken. The relief is tangible all around the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Spurs scoring with their first shot on target. And Rez, goal scorer two. Victor Wanyama settling those nerves with his first of the season. Looking to extend the lead here with Mora. Brilliantly taken. Two in just over two minutes for Spurs. No Harry Kane in the starting lineup, but still they have a striker with that predatory instinct. Ericsson. Lucas Mora. Yes! A spectacular celebration to accompany his second goal of the day and the goal that ensures the victory for Tottenham. Lucas Mora, can he get a hat trick? to remember for Lucas Moura and what a finish to complete the hat-trick. Hello there guys and welcome back to the last word on Spurs. We're looking back on the blitzing of Huddersfield at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium by four goals to nil and of course looking ahead to the huge crucial Champions League quarter-final second leg against Manchester City. What a show we have in store for you and delighted to say that he wasn't booked, but he's back. Jason McGovern is with us. Jace, how are you? All right, mate. Enjoyed, uh, enjoyed his win and, and looking forward to a really big week for us. Yes, massive, massive week in store, both on and off the pitch. Now, joining Jason and myself, delighted to have back on the show. I've been waiting to say this for a long, long time. John Manning's back on the last one on Spurs. John, how are you? I'm lovely, mate. I've uh, <laughs> been looking forward to getting back on and here we are. Looking forward to it, mate. Honestly, John, so pleased to have you here. And joining Jason and John, we've only got, got another returning guest in the brilliant JP. Jay, how are you? Yeah, really good, Ricky. Hi, guys. Hope all's well. 
Before we start the show, we just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that has voted the last one on Spurs into the FBAs as the best podcast. As you've already heard, guys, via our social media, we're delighted to say we are going to be one of the finalists of the event. And now we need you to help us to win the event. Now, you can do that by going onto the website of footballbloggingawards.co.uk slash vote now and select last word on Spurs as your best podcast. Or alternatively, you can tweet, I am voting for, at last word on Spurs, in at the FBAs as hashtag best podcast. Once again, guys, thank you ever so much for all of your support. It's a pleasure doing these shows for you on a weekly basis. And I hope you've also enjoyed the shows on Love Sport, where, of course, we're also going to be back this Thursday looking back on what's hopefully going to be a memorable night up at the Etihad in that second leg of the Champions League. But first, let's discuss Huddersfield. Jace, let's come to you to start off with then. So a convincing win with a much-changed team against Huddersfield. Four goals scored without Kane and Ali, and with Son only on the pitch briefly. Lorente and particularly Lucas looked really good. Wanyama's looking even better. Sissoko excellent. And goal difference could really matter, Jace, on the back of that win against Huddersfield. And still, we haven't conceded a goal at this new stadium. What did you make of that win at the weekend, Jace? Fantastic win. I mean, I know it's Huddersfield and they've they've been an awful Premier League side, let's be fair about it. But to have, to have had to make the changes, to leave Sonny out that you thought might be a bit of a risk and you'd have perhaps preferred him to start and then come off after 60 minutes type of thing. But Lucas Moura took his opportunity, scored a really high quality hat-trick. It was good to get Lorente, what, 85 minutes and he contributed to the team performance. As you say, good to get Wanyama some genuine game time, so encouraging all round, mate. And job done, four goals in, and, and now we set ourselves up for that big week. Indeed. And John, you know, Jason says it there, job done. Some fine finishing from both Wanyama and Lucas in that game. And the last two goals, John, as I said to Jason there, could be absolutely vital for goal difference. I mean, this new stadium, it's certainly played its part for the moment in the turnaround of form. Can we make the stadium the fortress just like we made the lane in that final season, do you think? Absolutely. I think you can see it's had a galvanising effect on on the whole club, really. I mean, especially for us fans, it was important to get in there because we've all been dreaming about getting in there for what feels like forever. And obviously the players have responded well to it as well. And it's not like you can say that, you know, it's not like we've had three easy games. You know what I mean? Palace are a, a decent side on their day. Man City are top of the league, which says it all in the Champions League game. And then obviously, all right. <clears throat> Huddersfield have had a, you know, bless them, they've had a bit of a sorry season. They've only got 14 points. It, it's, you know, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, look, this, the new stadium's obviously had an effect and I just hope that we we manage to get maximum points between now and the end of the season because I think that's that's what we're going to need, to be honest. Mm. Hopefully, yeah, that's what we manage. Jay, I mean, John says there about the way we've started emphatically at this new stadium and we've posted a record victory there. Mora took the match ball after becoming the first Spurs player to score a hat-trick at that new stadium. What did you make of the game itself, Jay? Well, I thought we started really well. I think it's important um, against these teams that are just going to defend. I was a bit surprised that they left out um, Moy and um, uh, Pritchard. and um, They they seemed to just want to defend. So we, we had, um, obviously, a very changed team. Um, got the early goal, which was great. And, I mean, you know they're a bit crap if Wanyama's waltzing through them and putting <laughs> them on their ass. So, um, yeah, I think that they're a terrible side, aren't they? Um, uh, I just I just thought it, it was just a really nice early morning Saturday 
um, uh, game at, um, at the new stadium. It was lovely. The, we, we sang. I thought we had the atmosphere. People have been moaning about the atmosphere, but I thought it was good. And I thought we started really well. And I think those two goals in quick succession helped um, set the pace for the whole game. Um, so I thought Mora's got the first goal was fantastic. He really, really um, leathered that into the corner. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good um, start um, um, at the new stadium. It was great to see. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of questions when that team selection came out. And before we touch upon it, Jay, so I've got a question here from Kevin at KJC2287 who says, how crucial was the win against Huddersfield given the level of squad rotation we saw ahead of the game? Every single game is important to us now. And probably unlike John, I think we can drop three points and definitely go through. So, But the worry was that there'd be too much focus on the, the second leg of Manchester City and we kind of go through the motions and, and make life difficult for ourselves. And, and he definitely took risks with the, the team lineup. But those those that played really did the business. Moses Sissoko just drove constantly from midfield. He kind of set the tempo and we looked... We looked pretty solid other than that little 10-minute spell towards the end. But, you know, the players that came in all stepped up and it was a, a really strong performance from us. Now, Jace, on the team selection, I have to get your thoughts on it when it first came out because we saw Son and Alderweireld benched while Walker-Peters starting a 3-4-1-2 system. What did you make upon the selection of, you know, when you first saw it? Because it, naturally on Twitter, there's always an, a more of a, a, an overreaction when you see it for the first time and the amount of changes we made. Well, I think you, you know. I've always said I'm quite happy with whatever team he picks. It's it's easy to jump all over it, but he had one eye on City, which you can kind of understand. I perhaps would I perhaps would have picked Sonny and, and and gone with that just to make sure of the result. But you know, Mora comes in, does the business, and and it didn't really matter. But of course, it's a risk. But then you know, it, if he picks the team that everyone wants, and then Sonny gets a big whack inside five minutes. You know, we'll all be saying, why the hell was Sonny playing? So, you know, I just always go with what he picks and, and he knows what he's been working on all week. He knows the fitness of the players. He knows what his team is in mind on, on Wednesday. So, you know, you just run with what he picks, mate. Mm. I mean, John, like Jay says there, you know, in terms of team selection, you have to back Pochettino because of that nature of the result. But as we saw, big rotation from him, seven changes from the Tuesday, already without the injured Harry Kane and Deli Alley. He opted to start with, you know, Hummin Son, Danny Rose and Toby Alderweireld from the substitutes bench. Does that performance and result justify that selection for you, John, of course? Well, the thing is, I think the reason why a lot of us were <laughs> were slightly worried and thought we might be taking liberties is because we've all supported Tottenham Hotspur for a long time. <laughs> we know <laughs> we know that these these uh, when this happens, it has a tendency to go belly up. You know, obviously it didn't. And it ended up being a, a nice, comfortable win. And the seven changes didn't impact on the performance or the result at all. But I must admit, I was walking up the high road before the game and I see it come up on my phone what the lineup was. And even though we're playing a team at the bottom of the league of 14 points, I'm thinking he's, he's, he's definitely taking liberties here. We need to, you know, we, we haven't got... Um, I know we've got the Champions League coming up. I, I understand that. But due to the... Six drop points against Burnley and Southampton. If we'd have had them six drop points, I don't think anyone would have said anything before the game because we'd be in a much more comfortable position as far as the Premier League table is concerned before the kickoff. But like I say, as it is, because we've seen it happen, you know, time and time and again, a weakened team, you know, a dodgy performance, maybe you end up dropping a couple of points. But, you know, as it turned out, he's, the geezer's magic. He knows what he's doing. And like Jay says, I'm at the point now where whatever team he picks are, 
I'm all right with. And it, it obviously ended up being all right for us in the end. Four goals, clean sheet. And uh, it, we might as well have been playing our full-strength team because, you know, it, the, the, the team that did play, were, they're, all, they're all top players, is what I mean. I don't mean, I don't mean we should have played on and bought the other players in. I mean, you know, players we had out there were obviously good enough. And, it, mate, it was a lovely, it was a lovely Saturday lunchtime, like Jay said, nice and early, right? I was on by four o'clock. It was lovely. Sit there in the sun, relaxing. It's not often you can do that at Tottenham, is it? No. I think as well, what you can get is that perhaps if, if you do stick with the side, you get the, the actual individual players have, have an eye on Manchester City and, and kind That's of go true. through the motions. Whereas if you bring players into the side who are keen and looking to make a, a you know, really grab the chance. I mean, Lucas Moore is probably thinking, will I start at City? Won't I start at City? I'll tell you what, I'm going to go out there, play my guts out and try and get a place at City. And so, you know, sometimes you can be better to make those changes. I agree. I mean, it's difficult to, for us to know the psyche of the players. Obviously, the manager knows more than anyone. And, you know, that, that kind of effect might have been what he was after. And if that is the case, you know, Lucas has given him a real selection headache. And I think Wayne Armour has as well, to be honest. I think he was, he was very good as well. And, you know, it ended up being, like I say, a, a lovely, comfortable win. And my arsehole was still. It weren't parting at all. Saturday, <laughs> it a lovely, lovely change. So, let's hope that happens again when we win 3-0 on Wednesday. Oh, that'd be nice, John. That'd be nice. <laughs> up, the, up there, that would be really, really nice. I mean, Jay, Pochettino said after the game he felt vindicated with his team selection. He said, we wanted to provide the team with fresh legs because of the big effort against City. It's not easy because everyone has an opinion. After the game, we can see that decision was right. And again, it kind of plays into the fact that surely, Jay, we have to trust Pochettino a bit more now. He's been in the job, what, four or five years? Yeah, we need to trust the process. But I also think that get away from Twitter, Rick, and just looking at, like, talking to mates and stuff. Um, you know, we, we've got actually got some really good players in our squad. And Foyf is going to be, like, he's going to be absolutely an outstanding centre-back. Some of the stuff he was doing was brilliant. Yeah, he's going to make mistakes. He's young. Davinson Sanchez as well played really well. Um, KWP played well. Um, and Wanyama, as you said, I mean, all of them aren't anywhere near the, the team. And then you've got Lucas, who I was really excited when we signed Lucas. Um, and he started the season really well and then obviously went off for the ball. But what he did was... Um, it was fantastic and it proves that we have got a really good squad and um, I think we've got to trust Poch, we've got to trust the process. Just believe, believe in the team. Hopefully the, the, kid, the, the players that played, even Skip came on and did well, the players that played on Saturday can really get um, grow from confidence from that um, and, uh, and yeah, really move forward and because any competition for places in the last few games is really important. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think that's that's pretty much we've got to trust Poch, trust what him, Perez and the team are doing. Um, they see him every day, every week, and they know um, whether they're ready or not. And um, he was proved to be right. Yeah. Mr. Pochettino at the Mac Boy underscore says a great win and well done to everybody. I like the chemistry between Foyth and Sanchez, as Jay, you've acknowledged already. And controversially, it's lovely to see more of Lorente and Son given the space and possession without Kane show what useful players they can they can be. So that's an interesting point there. Jace, let's bring it into the first goal of the game, Victor Wanyama, who was the unlikely source, you would say, in Spurs going ahead. I mean, Davis rolled a low pass forward. Lorente did really well to out-muscle Stankovic allowing Wanyama to go through on goal. 
coolly rounding hammer and to tap into an empty net. And to be fair, Jace, that's a finish Harry Kane would have been proud of, wouldn't he? Yeah, I don't think any of us expect Victor to be bursting through the lines and going through one-on-one with a keeper, that's for sure. I think, you know, when you see him on the team sheet, you think, all right, we'll just protect the back four. But it was good to see him, him get into that position, you know, regardless of what happened with the finish. You want your players arriving in the box and, and you want them to be getting yourself in there with chances. So it was fantastic to see it, but he showed really good feet, didn't he? And uh, just good for him. You know, it's been a, a really difficult time for him, what, for two years, really, isn't it? And I think it, it came up what was only his 11th start in the last 71 games or something like that, Premier League games. So it's just nice to see him get get genuine game time under his belt. And we all know what strengths Victor Wanyama can be for us. Goal scoring is not particularly one that we need from him, but just uh, just really important to, get, to see him back. And I'm sure, you know, he'll have probably enjoyed that moment himself and, and make some of that some of that injury time worthwhile. John, I mean, Jason mentions there about the injury... Victor Wanyama has had this season. I mean, would he be one, John, come the summer, you would still look to try and retain with the hope that we can try and keep him fit? Or again, on the back of what's been a couple difficult seasons for him, what would you do if you were Poch, John? I think that <clears throat> it depends on two things. I think if he can uh, maintain his fitness and level of performance for the rest of the season, then that obviously gives him a better chance of being, you know, being kept on. And it also depends on how our, our summer transfer business goes because... I think it's been obvious for at least two two and a half years that we've needed more strength in depth in, in central midfield, and obviously now since January when Moussa Dembele left, although I don't feel I don't think we've felt his absence as keenly as I felt we might have done at the time. I think we still need strengthening there. So if we if we don't get in the, our top transfer targets for that position, you know, providing Pochettino wants the central midfield, which I hope he does, you know, it depends, doesn't it? Because if we can't bring anyone in, then Really, you can't afford to let another player leave from that position in the team. So, hopefully, as a strong end to the season, and then, like I say, I think it all depends on what happens in terms of incomings in that position in the summer. To be honest, I'd keep him personally, but that's that's how I reckon it'd go. Jay, would you reckon? Exactly as John said, he's been injured for a couple of couple of um, years. Uh, we all remember the wonder goal against Liverpool. He will always be uh, there for that. Um, I, I think. He, I used to love him when he was at Celtic and I really wanted us to sign him and I just want to see him back to his best and I was really pleased to see him play and look like the beast that we signed um, admittedly against Huddersfield but um, yeah I'd like to see him stay I think if he can get back to his fitness um, and, and stay fit then he's a, he's a great player and, and no one really likes to play against him it's just the emergence of Sissoko as obviously um has obviously negated some of the um, need for Victor because we were all dying for Victor to come back or, or um, Eric Dyer and then Sissoko emerged with Winks. So I think we're, okay, conversely, John, I actually think we're quite strong there in sense of midfield with Dyer, Wanyama um, as subs. Just on that central midfield, I think that's got to be an area sure where Spurs look to strengthen this summer. I mean, I know we've had a, a wonderful season so far from Sissoko. I think he's been brilliant, and that may be because of the fact that Dembele's left. That's allowed Sissoko to kind of come into his own. But I still feel for Spurs that central midfield has to be an area that they look to invest in this summer if the club are really going to try and it's push depend, on. It depends. It depends. Yeah, depends what um, what um, depends what formation we're going to play. If you're going to play four three three, then yes, and I'd love to see um, uh, um, you know a, a real ball playing uh, midfielder come in. But I don't think it's as desperate as as 
as I thought it was when Wanyama and Dyer were injured and we were down to Winks and Sissoko. Um, because Winks and Sissoko actually proved that they're probably our first choice pairing, where they were our, our fifth choice. That's true. I mean, you can't get away from that. I mean, just on the second goal itself, which pretty much followed immediately, Jace, we saw Foyth win the ball on the right touchline. Sissoko drove forward, which we saw him do pretty much all game, before signing a lovely pass into Lucas, who finished brilliantly in the bottom left-hand corner. And Jace, like you said there, I mean, Lucas taking his full opportunity there to really try and stake a claim for a place in the City team. Yeah, excellent bit of movement, wasn't it? To, to get in behind them, as you say. Good build-up play for Foyth and, and Sissoko and then just a, an explosive finish, wasn't it? You know, just threw his foot at it and before we, anyone knew it was in the back of the net. A real, real explosive finish. And, and that just shows you what Lucas Moura's com, uh, capabilities are. I mean, I've said it all along. It reminds me of Sonny's first season. We've seen big goals from him this season. Anfield, two at Old Trafford, one in the new Camp. And I think it was his, what, his 13th He's got now 13 goals. So that's not a bad return for a player that's been in and out of the side and, and still trying to adapt to the Premier League. So there's a lot of talent in Lucas Moore. I don't know why everyone's been quite as down on him as they have of late. And nice to see him come back to, to that type of form, that's for sure. John, question here from Darren DeVete, who says, Sure, it was Huddersfield, but how is Lucas not a regular starter? Offers crucial goals in big games, pace, dribbling, aerial ability, and tackles anything that moves. In brackets, take note, Ericsson. A high-quality problem for Pochettino, but one that he should look to solve. Do you agree, John? It's difficult with Lucas, because if you think he's now got, he's got, um, what is it, 10 Premier League goals now. We scored half of them goals in two games. He scored two at Old Trafford and then three on the weekend. So, He's, he's, he reminds me, the way he's been and the way his form has been, is it's like first season and a half of, of Sonny, I think. It's, there's a lot of similarities there where he'd, he'd, be on a, he'd, he'd you know, be on a hot streak that wouldn't last that long. Then he'd be out of the team again. Then he'd have to play his way back into the team again. And I, I just think that, that, unfortunately for Lucas, in my opinion, he doesn't form part of our strongest eleven when everyone's fit. It doesn't matter which formation you're playing. The way I see it is he, he just doesn't, unfortunately, for him. But you've got players who are capable of coming in and scoring that trick, then what an option that is to have, you know, coming off the bench. I just think that he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I do like him. I think, as Jay said, some some people have uh, been a bit down on him this season. But he's still adjusting. You know, it's his first full season. He didn't really play much at all, did he, in the first six months he was at Tottenham. So he's still adjusting. I think if he can, you know... Score another few between now and the end of the season. I think he, you know, that'd be that'd be great. I'm not sure he will, but uh, yeah, for me, he's a good player. He's a very good player, but he's just he's not part of our strongest eleven, unfortunately, in my opinion. Interesting, Jay. What's your thoughts on that? So my son um, is one of those kids that watches football from all around the world, and he told me about Lucas Moura uh, at PSG because I think he scored 19 goals um, in the season before he came to us in the January. And did, didn't play again. And so I was expecting big things from him because my son said like he's, he was a key part of PSG's team. Um, and I was very disappointed with him. But then this season, obviously the game at Old Trafford, I think, as um, John said, um, the, um, the Barcelona, I mean, that was a massive goal. If you think about where we are now in the Champions League. Um, and, um, you know, even scored at Liverpool a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I thought that hat-trick was absolutely brilliant and that was somebody brimming of confidence. But going back to the original question, who do you drop? Do you drop um, 
Delhi? Do you drop Harry? Do you drop Son? Or do you drop Kane? Um, no. So I think he's a great backup. Um, what, what, again, shows the strength of the squad. What a player to bring on. Liverpool have Shakiri. We've got Lucas Moura. It's, it's, you, know, you need backup. And as we know, with Kane and Eric, um, Ali being injured a lot, he's, he's been great. And um, so going back to the original question, no, I wouldn't um, put him, drop anyone for him. I'd just make sure he's a key part of the squad and hopefully he can put in more performances like he did on Saturday. I think the key thing with Lucas Moore is that he doesn't seem to have really struck up an on-pitch understanding necessarily with any one player. We we see Kane and, and Ali, you know, have that understanding, don't we? Sometimes Ali makes those runs constantly for Ericsson and it's no surprise when Ericsson whips a ball in and Ali's on the end of it. They seem to read each other's play, whereas perhaps Lucas Moore seems to be more, uh, indi- you know, far more individualistic in, he, in his play. Lots lots of runs going past people, but there's no natural combination with any player. And I think that's that's one of the things that, that as time goes on, that he'll need to improve. But I think if he can, if he improves that and other players, you know, do form that pairing with him, then, then we've got one hell of a player on our hands. We have, Jace, what did you make of Lorente's performance? You're in agonisingly close in that second half, controlling fourth chip pass with the outside of his foot. Then instantly, I say, hitting that volley, which struck the crossbar. You know, I feel that his performance was well worthy of a goal, Jace, wasn't it, on the balance of play? Yeah, and I think, that, you know, a goal, again, would have done him the world of good to, to get that one. It was a shame with the, with the cushion, you know, the way he took the ball down and volleyed it over the top. That would have been a fantastic goal. But, you know, a couple of times, OK, his head has drifted wide, but he got in, got in the space and got in front of his man. And if he, you know, we, we know with any strikers, if, if you do that, get in front of your man and... And, and do that enough times, you will score. So, you know, I've I've not been critical of Lorente at all this season. I think, you know, again, he's he's made a big impact when he's come in. With it, it may not be pleasing to the eye. It's, you know, we know we can do better than Fernando Lorente. But, you know, your job from your backup striker to provide goals and assists, he's done it, you know, almost every game that he has played this season for us. So, you know, he's, he's, he, he shows that if he has a role to play on Wednesday... I'm not saying he will start on Wednesday, but there's no reason for me to panic if we bring, you know, with 20 minutes to go, Lorente comes on. I won't be shrugging my shoulders and burying my hands and thinking, oh God, he's coming on. You know, there's there's no reason to feel that way. Mm. Now, one player we hope is going to play, and you know, the incredible turn of this guy's season is just, yeah, it's just been phenomenal. And that's Musa Sissoko and John. You know, we talk about a guy here that he looked like he was really enjoying himself at the weekend against Huddersfield. You know, he turned inside his own half at one point and drove away from three opponents before being tugged back. And I think it's amazing what confidence does. And I think, as I said it on Twitter at the weekend, you know, he is the perfect modern day football fairy tale story where he comes in, doesn't hit the ground running, fans on his back, but through sheer hard work and determination, he has turned his Spurs career around. And for me, I, I, he's the outstanding, I reckon, you know, profile there to be Spurs' player of the season. I know Sonny's been wonderful. Jan and Alderweireld, you have been consistent. But if you want a story of a player that, you know, has you know, gone through so many different factors in his career so far at Spurs, and Sissoko's surely got to take that crown, John, hasn't he? Yeah, when you put it like that, I think, you know, obviously, <clears throat> obviously he's turned out, in, he's turned into a, you know, a very, very good player. And I, I, <clears throat> as you said, none of us saw it coming. It's just a shame that he's come to the fore at 29. You know, it's a shame he's not 22 or 23 and then you can build your team around him for the next few seasons. Because unfortunately, I think for Sissoko, as good as he's been, I think this summer comes, 
you know, it's a bit, he's at a bit of a crossroads, I think, with the club, especially if you consider how much we allegedly signed him for. I don't want to put a downer on what you what, on the question, Rick. I'm just looking at it from the angle I see it from. Yeah. That his value, his resale value, is never going to be as high again as it will be this summer for a 29 year old. I'm not sure that we couldn't go out and sign a better player. Which it sounds ridiculous that I'm even asking that question now, considering for the best part of the last three years he's been a bit of a figure of fun. And we, you know, let's be honest, we've all had a go at him at various points over that time, but. I think the, the thing is, you take his performances, it, the, the last three performances, he's been absolutely immense. Against Palace, he was superb. Against Manchester City, he was unbelievable. And then again, on Saturday, all right, it, it probably weren't as ta- taxing physically for him as the previous two games. But there's a, ch- there's a chance for Huddersfield to break away. And you see Moussa Sissoko chasing him back and he gets the challenge in. And it just... That just epitomises what he's turned into. That He wouldn't have done that 18 months ago. He wouldn't have even chased it back. I think a lot of it has come from a changing attitude of the player and obviously the chance he's got in the team and he's taken it. You can't argue with that. And uh, on one hand, I wouldn't be surprised if, he's player, if he is our player of the season. But on the other, like I say, I think it's, just, it's still come a little bit too late possibly for him to have a, a career at Spurs that lasts too much longer, to be honest. That's interesting. I mean, Jay, what's your thoughts on that? Because he also, as in that game, we saw got the fans out there seats very early on with that outrageous Maradona turn in the middle of the pitch. I mean, he's certainly enjoying his football at Spurs. How long can that be for, Jay? It's all down to confidence, isn't it? So um, when he first started playing with us, he was playing up wide right. He, he, he didn't look comfortable. He didn't look like he could dribble. It just wasn't working for him. Now he's been playing consistently this season and only this season as a centre mid because I think Poch now trusts him. Um, he, you, we're seeing him absolutely shine because he's, he's so confident. He's super confident now. And I loved an interview he said the other day, I, I might not be the best player in the world, but I try. And, and that's, that's what it is. And that's why we as Spurs fans have gone from laughing at him like we did, I remember vividly when we lost to Barcelona at home and he skied a shot over the um, over the bar and everyone just laughed at him. To now absolutely loving him. And it, it's such a short space of time because he tries. He, he runs his heart out. He's there. He's doing sliding, diving, sliding tackles at the end. He's, he's doing Maradona turns. Different player. And I, th- I, think, I think he... I hope he's got a future with us, John. I, I completely get your point with the resale value. But, you know, China's China likes World Cup winners as well. So we, Dembele went a bit later for, for, for more money. So I don't know. I, ho- I hope he stays. Um, I'd like to see him and Sissoko, um, him and Wink, sorry, um, playing together for another season um, and see how long uninterrupted those two where, where it can get us. It would be really good. I, I I love him. I didn't, but I do now. I think I think he's great. Yeah, I mean, he's changed a lot of people's opinions on him this season with some of his performances. And Jace, you know, I, I've made no, you know, made no secret of it. I still think central midfield is an area that Spurs will look to strengthen in the summer. But I, I honestly hope they don't look to, you know, disregard to Soko in that manner. I think as a squad player, he could still prove imperative. And at the moment, Jace is one of the very first names on that team sheet. Thoughts on what John's comments were there in terms of his long-term future at Tottenham? Well, I can I can see what John means in, exactly because I think you know 
he's 30 or so, it is the, the the last chance for him or something. I think it will be down to, what, two years left on his contract? Did he sign for four or five years? So, you know, from the club's point of view, they'll probably be forced in the summer to be thinking, do we offer him a, an extension or not? And, and a little bit like John said, one of the other players earlier, it depends, you know, what transfer business we ourselves do and who comes into the club. But it's, you know, it, it, I think he's, he's really thrived on being given... A, a big part in the team, hasn't he? He was a bit part player. He'd play one game, as, as Jay says, he'd play it out wide, he'd be laughed at, nothing would really happen, there'd be no goal, there'd be no assist, and so that would be it for three games, then it'd be a Carling Cup game against, I don't know, Barnsley, so he gets that game, and then, you know, to, to give Champions League players a rest, and, you know, he will have known himself he was just really a, a bit part player, but you know, maybe the, the injuries, he probably went into this season, in fairness, as a bit part player. Injuries of, to Dembele early on have, have helped him in that respect. And then he's he's become now a, a, a key part. He's, he's playing much more centrally, which has helped. And suddenly, you know, I think the rest of the team look to him and think, you know, you're a big part of this club now. A, a really important player. And he's just he's taken that and thrived on it. The one thing I've always said about Moussa Sissoko, that... Even last year when he was getting pelters, and, and I took the mickey out of him at times, don't get me wrong, but I always said, you cannot have 55 caps for France if you're a poor player. You simply can't. We're not talking about 55 caps for San Marino or Luxembourg. <laughs> you're talking about a, a country that's got Blaise Matuidi and, and Pogba and players like that that they can pick from in midfield. So, you know, 55 French caps tells you there has to be some ability in there. And, and Pochettino himself kept saying when we were all laughing that he's the best player in transition at the club. And we, we just, you know, some people probably still refuse to see it because they, they just had a downer on him. But, you know, he played some good games last year. The, the game at Swansea in the Cup, the game at West Ham in the league, the one at Everton, 3-0 in the league. He played part, big roles in some of those games last year. It's just that people just wouldn't accept it, would they? And it's now come to a point, Jace, where you have to accept just what a turnaround it's been from this season. He has been incredible. So time will most certainly tell on that. Let's discuss Christian Eriksen. John, I want to come to you about Christian Eriksen because there's been... I don't know if you saw John on Twitter. I can't help but say this, but... Uh, did you see that video where someone was shouting at Ericsson, beat the first man, and then the, the corner came in, and it was immediately headed yeah, away by the it. first defender? Now, the ironic thing about Ericsson is that he's actually assisted um, in every game he's played so far at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Now, I can't help but thinking that because of the issue around his contract at the moment, that hasn't really helped the way fans are perceiving his form or lack of... And, you know, his set-piece delivery. I mean, we've, we've known for a long time, John, that his free kicks haven't been up to, you know, what we would expect them to be for quite a long time. But what have you made of Ericsson's overall performance? Because, again, he was, you know, an assist at the weekend for Lucas Moura, a brilliant cross, which he hammered home for his second of the game, Moura. Thoughts on Ericsson, John, on that uh, third goal of the game for Spurs? I think he's been very good. I honestly do. I, I don't know whether he's one of them players who I... I love that much that I'm blind to mistakes and things that he doesn't do so well. But you watch him play and you can see exactly why he's in the team for. Like if he's got the joint most amount of assists in the league for the season now as well since the weekend. So it's not like he's only just come good in the last, you know, since we moved into our stadium. You're talking about assists. You know, he's up. I think he's got 12 now, level with Hazard. So right, yeah. you know, it's not like, and it's not like all of them have come in the last, I don't know, in the short. The last month or so, it's not like he, he was rubbish and then all of a sudden he's turned good. I, th 
listen, I just think because he's such a good player, we all expect a lot from him. And when maybe he's one of them players that we look to for goals when our, uh, you know, the other players aren't scoring much. And I know he can be frustrating. I think, you know, every time he makes a tackle, me and my eldest son sort of smile at each other because it, it's one, it's like one of our. Uh, have a drink bingo when, <laughs> when Ericsson tries if he attempts to tackle and doesn't get the ball have a sh- drink, a, drink a shot it's one of them so but the thing is you, look, I know that the thing with the corner don't get me wrong it was funny but it don't help does it I don't think but, it does no 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 I mean that's the thing the, the irony is I mean he must know his game is, himself that his delivery from set pieces generally just isn't great at the moment I mean it just isn't I mean and Jay to bring you in now, I know, obviously, you're a big fan of Ericsson. We all are. Listen, when he's on form, he's undeniably one of the best players, not just in the league, but in the whole of Europe. But what have you made of his form particularly this season? He hasn't been taking corners recently. So he did on Saturday because Rose wasn't there and Trippier wasn't there, who have been taking the corners. Lamella also will take the corners now. So he's been taken off that responsibility. Also, the free kicks. Kane and Trippier have been taking free kicks. Rose had a free kick the other day. They're, they're mixing it about. Ericsson is world class. He is one of the best footballers I've ever seen at Tottenham. If if Hoddle was around when Twitter was around, God, I'd love to go back and see some of the tweets about Hoddle when he was playing. Form is temporary, class is permanent. Ericsson was trying all the things that nobody else will try on Saturday. Some of the passes, where we sit in the, in the, um, I'm in the Paxton now, and you can see right across the pitch what he's, what, he's, what he's trying to do. It doesn't always work. Sometimes it gets intercepted, and I think um, his pass um, interception rate was poor on Saturday. But he was trying to do the things that nobody else tries to do. And if you're doing something really well for ages, it comes natural. But if, if your form is slightly dropped, you try things, maybe they don't come off and you need everyone to get behind you because he's someone that can absolutely make a difference to our team. Uh, Ericsson is absolutely brilliant and he, he, he will come back and I hope he scores an absolute banger against Man City and shuts, shuts everyone up. There you go. Jay's at his point. Jay's, come on, what have you made of Ericsson's form? I know you've been on the radio show recently and you've expressed, you know, Ericsson, he's a quality player. There's no doubt about that. But is it just down to confidence, Jay? Do you think we're not seeing the, the best of him on a consistent basis this season? Yeah, it's definitely not in the, the last few months been at his, at his best, at his imperious best. And I think, you know, people put two and two together about the contracts and they, they kind of try and make make that into a bigger thing than it is. I don't think I don't think Christian Eriksen runs onto the pitch and thinks, oh, am I going to sign a contract? I'll deliberately give the ball away and, and hopefully they'll give me a new contract for this. Or you know, none of that none of that matters to me at all. They go on the pitch and they're they're concentrating on the game. I think, you know, the the big thing now, Christian Eriksen's been with us what what's this his fifth year, sixth year? Is his sixth year I think it's his yep. sixth season, isn't it, Eriksen's? Yeah, that's right, yeah. It is. And I think I think what what people perhaps want him to be now is somebody that that turns a game when it's going against us, you know, in the way that you know that that famous Kane goal against um, against Arsenal when you know he chased it into the corner and bent it into that, you know, that fantastic Kane goal that we can all remember. It 
it's moments like that. And Christian Eriksen did that at Chelsea last year, didn't he? Where it was a game that we're losing 1-0. That's right, he comes yeah. up with a moment when we really, really needed it. And then that sets the platform. And I think that's that's what people want him to be. They want him to be that that little bit more consistent in, in the big games and, and when things aren't going well. Saturday, I didn't have a problem too much. I there was a couple of sloppy balls you give away, but it's Huddersfield and you're winning it 4-0 and it's, you're on top of the game. I think what we really want him to do, Wednesday's a prime example, isn't it? Go into City where you're going to be up against De Bruyne and things and say, right, Christian Eriksen's going to... You can't expect him to dominate a game like that, but to have a real impact in a really big game. And I think that's what we've perhaps not seen from, from Christian Eriksen so much this season. You know, the, the big assists in the really big games. And, and that's that's all he has to do. But, you know, overall, I'm, I'm still an Eriksen fan. You know, and I, I desperately hope that we can sort things out and, he, and he's still there for the next few years. Agree with that. And now, just to move on to Lucas Moura, who became the first player to score a hat-trick in the new stadium. John, you know, Son drove forward and slipped a lovely ball into Lucas, who wrapped up his hat-trick with a fine finish. John, confidence-wise, as we've discussed with Moura, the way he's playing at the moment, we are going to come on to the City game shortly, but you can't ask for anything more than that, the performance he did put in at the weekend. You know, a hat-trick, and you could see what it meant to him, especially when his son, he had that embrace on the pitch, which was a lovely moment. Right at the end there, that was superb, when little Miguel was... Uh... Every time he touched the ball, and I was in the south stand, and each time he touched the ball, the crowd were going, Way! it was lovely, it was nice, it was a good moment. I mean, I'd say about Lucas's finishes was he was so clinical. The first goal, he hits with so much power, you're not saving that. The second one, the touch on the left foot was that set up the, the volley for his second goal was, was unbelievably good. And then the third goal, Jesus, that was an unbelievable finish from an angle. It was Jermaine Defoe-esque, I said at the time. It was... It was uh, a, a really, really good hat trick. Although you know, all with the right foot, which he's very much one footed, and he probably ain't going to score too many headers. But listen, you can't take anything away from his finishing. He was a, uh, he was sharp. He was really sharp, and he, he like I said, he, he looked good. Listen, are you trying to get me to change my mind here, Rick? He's still not getting my strongest eleven. All right. No, all right, fair enough, John. <laughs> <laughs> I tell, John, I tell you, John, you say that, John, you say that about headers. He he wins so many headers. He does, does, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he does have a leap. He's not my yeah. height, and he's win He's beating like loads of centre backs in the air. He's got definitely um, a spring, and he was unlucky, I think, um, against Barcelona, wasn't he? he? Went to head it, and did yeah, it come did. off the yeah. knee or something? Yeah, but I think I could see him getting a header. But yeah, he's not going to be a Harry Kane type or Lorente. But he's surprisingly got a jump there, isn't he? I think the thing is, if you you look at the combination we had up front on Saturday. Unfortunately for that, for um, Lorente, his positioning was excellent. What he was trying to do, you could see. Like, there's nothing wrong with his brain. He's a, he's, a, he's an intelligent footballer, but he obviously had his Teflon football boots on. There's nothing <laughs> stuck to him. He, the fact that no, he, it did, it, it did when he hit the bar. That was amazing. <laughs> that was listen. I'll give him that one. That was class. But the irony is, if his touch was better, Wanyama don't even score that first goal. It went straight under Lorente's foot. He was trying That's to track true. it. And then each time he got the ball, they highlighted it on Match of the Day, the fact that the ball was going forward towards Lorente and we were getting forward runners and the fact that they do trust him with the ball. But there was a couple of times where he got the ball stuck underneath his feet it didn't, it, and it didn't really come off him. I felt sorry for him. Even he played. It sounds a strange one, but he played well. We win 4-0, he doesn't get a goal and unfortunately that he had two very, very good chances on the floor. Right dead centre of goal, one at, one at either end and he just couldn't get his... A clean strike away, but 
you know, that combination of uh, speed and height, I think, you know, we've seen it before. It's a little bit, it was a little bit like watching Defoe and Crouch at times, to be honest, on Saturday with, uh, with Lucas and Lorente. And it obviously worked, you know, we won. It's all that matters. When you were going on about Lorente and his touch, etc., all those balls that were given to him were from Ericsson. And if Ericsson scores that goal where he hit the post, does yeah. that make him a hero again? Well, the thing is... What, is it those what, fine margins? The, the thing is, listen, this, um, the, the thing that people don't understand generally, unfortunately, is that the best players are the ones who are daring to take a risk. Now, if you, if you want someone to have 100% pass accuracy and just pass it safely and sideways, then Jordan Henderson is the best footballer I've ever seen. But if you're talking about having the bravery and the vision to try and pick out balls that are difficult to play, and that includes near post corners, by the way, because they're, you know, they're effective when they work. We've, we've, scored, we've scored a number over the last few years of Ericsson taking them with players like Alderweireld and Dyer coming in on them. But the, play, the reason why Messi is one of the best players in the world and is that he will, he will attempt the, the pass that not many players would see. And because of that, because he's going for the difficult ball all the time, his passing percent completion stats are not going to be great in comparison to someone who's a crab who goes sideways and plays it <laughs> safely. And it's, it's, that is why I think sometimes people are on the back of Ericsson too much. He'll give the ball away, not playing the, not playing the square 10-yard ball. That doesn't happen. It's when he's trying to play the ball which unlocks the opposition. That is when, he'll, that is when he's more likely to lose the ball. But you need someone to try that. And it was like Lorente again on Saturday. Listen, you can't knock him. He tried and he didn't give up, to be fair to him. And, you know, he, he had a good 80 minutes, I felt. And hopefully that was standing in good stead for the rest of the season. Players that you've got to have the, a player willing to take that risk. I'm telling you now, you wouldn't want ele- you wouldn't want to pay good money to watch 11 Jordan Endersons each week. So let's leave Ericsson <laughs> alone. Let's, let's hope that Lorente, you know, he sticks one in the onion bag sooner rather than later and he can, uh, he can crack on for the rest of the season. Agree with that. Parts of play still, I do. Yeah, agree with that. Well, listen, we've got some quick fire questions before we look ahead to Man City. So let's go through some of these. So, Jay, I'm going to come through to you first here on this one. This is from 75 Retro at 75 Retro. It says, could KWP serve as a load of money in the window coming up if given a chance to play more regularly? I know it was only against Huddersfield, but he showed good work rate, good decision making, pace, energy and precision. Uh, Every time I've seen him, apart from the Barcelona away game, where actually he recovered quite well after being put on his backside, um, I've been really impressed with him. Really impressed. So, um, I I, I really like him. I I, I, I don't know. Aurier, for me, I'm a trivia fan. (laughs) Everyone everyone can slate me as much as you want. I know there's a player in there. I liked his interview the other day um, saying that he's been trying silly things, um, but he's a, he's a good player. And, um, yes, um, I, I, I think we could save money. I, I, I love the fact that we give our youth a chance. You know, if, we, if, if Soldado was a great player, would Kane have ever got that chance anywhere That's else? That's a good point. Very good point. Probably not. So... Mm. KWP has just turned 22. That's so young. That's still so young. He's got years to develop. What was Danny Rose like at 22? He was on loan at some uh, Sunderland, was he? 
Yeah, fair point. Yeah, no, I, I see where you're coming, Jay. I see. I definitely see where you're coming from from there. So maybe a good a good loan move would be good for him actually. Give him a whole season because we loaned out Carl Walker, we loaned out Danny Rose um, when they were kids. Um, maybe you know he's a bit older now, but maybe a good loan deal. Um, or, or we just go with him as um, and rotate with Trippier or Aurier or the new right back that we get in. There you go. Jay's already predicting a new right back coming. I hope you're right, Jay. Listen, Jason, we're going to come around to you. Senkat Forza Youth says, Is Lamella a lost cause? Question mark. For me, it's the final straw. He's injured on too many occasions when we need him and he'll never live up to his £30 million price tag in a Spurs shirt for me. Jason, thoughts on that? I'd let him go in the summer. If, if we can find a buyer and we got an offer 20 ish in the summer, then I'd let him go for sure. Because, as you say, the, the injury record and that. Is you need you need to players that we can rely on, and we just can't. Yes, there's always glimpses of of talent in Lamella, and and there's usually a glimpse in every game. But it's you know you you don't get that consistent run of games, and you don't get a consistent ninety minutes. So if you're looking to upgrade the squad, yeah, definitely, I'd I'd look to replace him in the summer. Okay, interesting. Now let's look ahead to Man City. A massive, massive game, of course, on Wednesday night. Champions League quarter final, second leg. Now. Pep Guardiola has already been speaking ahead of this one, Jace, sticking with you. And he feels that Man City will be, from their perspective, have too much for Spurs on the night. I mean, it's common to come out and say that, talking beforehand when you've got to try and overturn a 1-0 deficit. How do you see Spurs going there to play our game, Jace? It's, it's really hard to know what he'll do. I mean, I think, you know, Lucas Moura's performance Saturday will, will probably get him the start. So if you've got Sonny and Lucas Moura starting, you're expecting us to, you know, to kind of play on the break, aren't you, to to get in and behind them. And, and it's worth remembering that every side that Pochettino's taken up there has scored. So, you know, and that that's the key to it. I think if we score the goal, then then we really do put ourselves in a fantastic position. The, the key thing is, do, you know, it's game craft and it's intelligence at the back. We've got to kill every single minute we possibly can. Take, take time out of the game, do the things that the, 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 the really good continental sides would do to us. And then you've got to stay really composed at the back. The one, the one big problem for, for us, if you pick Lucas Moras and that, which, um, which we, we've got that weakness anyway, is on set pieces. Do you actually need Fernando Lorente in the side to help you on set pieces defending them? Because, you know, we know we're not great at defending set pieces. And if you, you, you've you got Sonny and Lucas Moras and things like that, there's not a lot of height in that side. So, But I, I think he'll, he'll go with Lucas Mora. He'll try and play on the break. And, and you've just got to make sure that we go with our runners and things like that. I th- I'm desperate for Harry Winks to, to make sure Winksy is fit. Because if, if Winksy isn't fit, then we've got an even bigger problem. So, um, it'll be, it'll, you know, I can understand why Guardiola's confident. Why, why wouldn't he be confident? They've, they've beaten most sides this year. So, of course, he'll be confident. I, I wouldn't take that as, as arrogance. But, you know, the goal is the key for us. Get that away goal and we've got a great chance. Yeah, I agree with you, Jason. The fact that we have, over recent years, gone up there and scored, you know, does give us, I think, some hope. The fact we are going there already with a one-goal advantage. John, you know... Deli Ali. Now, for me, this guy is a big game player. You always want him to play in these kind of games where you know he's got that special moment within him. Just how big a risk, John, do you think it would be to start him, bearing in mind, obviously, the injury at the moment he has got, the potential of having to wear a cast for the game on that wrist? Thoughts, John? Uh, well, if there is any kind of risk, then he, he probably wouldn't play, would he? I think all I would say is that, you know, we've had players recently 
we're you know playing wearing face masks. So <laughs> that's true. I think the fact that it's going to be you know maybe a small cast around his wrist. Hopefully, hopefully he just wasn't involved on Saturday because Pochettino said, look, we've got enough already without Delhi to go and beat Huddersfield, which you know obviously was proved right. And but have a rest and we'll have you back for Wednesday. I I, I personally think that's what's going to happen. You know, it's not like it's uncommon to see players playing in small, you know, casts and protective gear around their, their hands and their fingers. So, I hope he plays. I think it's important that he does play. You know, I'd be more worried about him, about about the game if he doesn't play. And as Jason just said, I think Harry Winks is going to be vitally important. But I hopefully Delhi plays. We're going to need him. Mm. Interesting. We've seen Lloris come out ahead of this game where, you know, Lloris, hopefully he's going to be on a tip-top form. Jay, coming over to you, he says, Mora's hat-trick shows Spurs have the pace and firepower to hurt City at the Etihad. Son says he feels no pressure at all whatsoever to be the talisman. And Wanyama says he feels he's getting back to his best after a frustrating season. Give us your thoughts, Jay. A massive game. Definitely now our biggest game of our season. To get to a semi-final of the Champions League, I mean, that would just say an incredible feat for this Spurs of just how far we've come. And, you know, I think we had a question in from Willie saying, Kane back for the final? Not that we're getting too carried away, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, look, it's Man City. The last couple of seasons up there, we've been absolutely annihilated. That's true. So, if he goes, if he goes with a high press up there, it's game over. I'm sorry. We've got to play a bit like we did against Dortmund. Um, just... Defend for the first half. Lloris has to be absolutely on his game. We have to stop the intricate passes around the box because that's how they score. Um, I'm not so worried about height because they, they're, they're a small team, um, Man City. Um, you know, they, they, they've only got really their two centre-backs that you would say tall. Maybe their full-backs, Walker and Mendy, but the rest of them are, are, um, aren't tall at all. So, I don't think we'll lose out on that um, specifically. But saying that, they'll probably bang one in um, Laporte. <laughs> don't header. say that, Jess. <laughs> I, I just think we've got to hold it for 20 minutes, half an hour. Not not go gang-ho. Try and get the ball up to um, Morris on, um, to hit them on the break. But it's going to be so tough. And I don't think we, anyone is going in there thinking it's a, it's job done. I mean, Jace, you always use the word gamecraft. I think now more than ever in this kind of game, that's what we have to use, doesn't it? I mean, Lloris has to be at the very top of his game. We can't afford any lack of concentration and plays. You know, we talk all the time about making sure no individual mistakes, a team collective performance. That's what we need, isn't it, against a team like Man City. We have to be at the very top of our game and just hope a couple of their players have an off night. Yeah, absolutely. And in fairness, we pretty much were in the, the first leg. It of course, was yeah, yeah. mature performance. I mean, you know, the, the problem with Dortmund is when you go back to that, that second leg and, and, you know, everyone said we got, we got everything right at Dortmund's. But let's be fair, we were getting a, a bit of a battering at times in that first half at Dortmund. But it, it is, you know, when, when you're in the chance, it is going into the corners when you need to do it. It is, you know, players, when Manchester City have got a head of steam up, go over, milk the foul, and make sure the trainer comes on and break their rhythm up. Just like all the top teams, like you, look how Juve did it to us brilliantly when they went 2-1 up at Wembley last year, wasn't it? And just from that moment on, Spurs were never able to get a, a real head of steam up. And, and that's what you've got to do. We're perhaps still still trying to learn those sides of the game ourselves. 
Okay. So, chaps, it has come to that point in the show where we have to look at predictions for this one, possibly even look at the team selection. So, Jace, for you, in terms of the lineup, you think he is going to opt to go with Mora along with Sonny on the back of his performance, that hat trick at the weekend? Yeah, I'd be surprised if Lucas Mora isn't in the side. I think Delhi will come in for Lorente and, um, you know, presumably we'll have Trippier back and Toby back and things like that. And, and fingers crossed, Winksy gets into that midfield and, and it will probably be at Wanyama's expense because we just don't know if Wanyama can play 90 minutes back to back. But who knows? It's, it's difficult to know what he'll do with Wanyama. And Jace, you left back Danny Rose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, OK. Yeah. He, he played, didn't he? He played with Ben Davis in that in that uh, centre-half role in the first leg. That's so, right, yeah, you know, yeah. He, he may well keep that, you know, the back line. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the same again. It's hard at the moment to kind of guess Pochettino's team selections. I mean, a couple of seasons ago, you could always, you know, have a look and you know what his best eleven is. But at the moment, John, this is the interesting thing with Pochettino. There's always that likelihood he may change it up. For you, John, what kind of selection would you like to see him go with against City? Oh, dear. What what what, <laughs> what do I think you do and what would I do? I mean, the, the trouble is, it's hard to tell. I mean, it's still, what, 48 hours from the game the nerves have kicked in already. I've got sweaty palms already. Now 24 hours for you listening now. 48 hours for us, but 24 uh, you listening now. Yeah. No, I think I think it's going to be, it'll be Jan, Toby and Big Dave at the back. Back three. Rose and Trippier, um, wing backs. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not Sissoko, Winks, if he's fit, and one of either Ericsson or Delhi, and then Lucas and Son. Because I, I do think <laughs> that we can soak that up and then Play on if you're playing on the break, you know Lucas and Son would skin any of their scent that you know any of the. You say they go with Vincent Company, he's not the player he used to be. You know, there's there's no real there's no great pace there. I don't think in Laporte or um, Stones or whoever might play centre half for Man City. If they decide to push up, just stand them on the halfway line and go right. We get the ball. It's going over the top, and you can run onto it. So, Jay. Team selection for you, because an interesting one at the moment, what we're hearing from the City camp, is potentially Fernandinho will be out, which would be, of course, a big blow for them. But, you know, the squad they've got there, you know, they've got more than enough depth to cope with the loss of Fernandinho. Yeah, he's he's a key player for them, though, isn't he? He's that um, terrier in the midfield. But uh, I, I think um, John said, you know, th- uh, three at the back, big Dave, um, Jan and Toby. Um, I'd like to see Toby Central there rather than Dave uh, Davinson. Um, Trippier Rose, Sissoko, Winks, Ericsson, um, Delhi, Son and um, Lucas. That's my team. Interesting. Well, Mora's getting everyone's team. I think I'd go with you. I think I would also up with Mora in that team on the back of the uh, hat-trick at the weekend. I mean, you've got to pick a player that's in confidence and he really is at the moment. So come on in, chaps. It's time for predictions. It's time to be brave, as Maurizio hopefully saying to these players. Jace, what are you going to give us? I'll go 2-1 City on the night. 2-1 City on the night, which means Spurs would go for on the away goal, Jace, we're hoping? Indeed so. Unlike it was at Chelsea. Well, there you go. So maybe that bit of reverse fortune could do us justice after all. Come on in, John. What are you going for? You're making your return to the show here, John. Be brave. Come on. (laughs) Nil nil. I, I, it's got nil nil written all over it. See if it will go up to the end and keep a clean sheet, John. 
Yep. There you go. Strange things have happened. I mean, that would be incredible, wouldn't it? Nil-nil. That would be a coming of age for this Spurs team. And I have to say, in the Champions League this season, we have seen this Spurs team. You know, they have, as I've said, they come of age in you know so many different games. We've seen on the back of the start we made to the Champions League. It's incredible to be sitting here talking about the opportunity that we could be in a semi-final season. Think about it. It's just incredible the way the season has gone. Okay, Jay, come on, leave us on a high. What are you going for? Oh, okay. We're 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 going to be two nil down, ninetieth minute. Ericsson's going to bang one in from forty yard free kick. How about that one? There you go. go. Wow. So you're going for this away goal as well, then, Jay? Yeah. Yeah. I just I I I'm really nervous about the game. Um, I thought we were. Um, even though I, I missed the game, I, I watched it all on catch up because I was ridiculously flying back from a work. Managed to see the second half, see the goal. Absolutely brilliant uh, game. Um, just just hope we can just replicate the passion. But Man City fans, will they be up for it as we were? Uh, let's, uh, I don't know. Let's just hope we can get to the first end of the first half without conceding and then it I think we will win 2-1. There you go. Wow, 2-1. Joe, I've got a feeling for this 2-1 as well. I'm also going to say 2-1. The away goal rule being in Spurs' favour for once would be absolutely amazing. Jace, thank you so much for coming back on the show. That's all right, mate. And we, I suppose we have to uh, wish you all the best for the coming weekend. Thank you very for much. These, uh, for the wedding. There's, there's two bits of advice I've got for you, mate. Number one, get a good solicitor. And number two, get a... Get a good hitman for the mother-in-law. And if you get those two things sorted, you'll have a fantastic time, mate. But no, seriously, just just all the best. We're all looking forward to it. And uh, see you on Saturday, mate. Yeah, looking forward to having you there, Jason, alongside. And John, thank you for coming back on the show. Honestly, a real pleasure having you, John. I'll also be seeing you on Saturday. Lovely, mate. Yeah, no. <clears throat> Firstly, listen, thanks for having me back on. It's been, I've been a... It's been mad with work last last couple of three months and I've not been able to contribute as much as I'd like to. But uh, it's been great to be back on. And don't worry, I've got them blue pills you asked for. I'll bring them on Saturday. <laughs> They'll be in your wedding card. All right, just don't tell her about it. Thanks, John. Cheers. I'll make sure she's not listening to this one, yeah? Brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Boys, thank you so much. And Jay, thank you for coming back on the show. We'll have to get you back on, Jay, at some point. Always great to have you on The Last Word on Spurs. Thanks, everyone. Good luck on uh, Saturday, Rick. And... Um... Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Well, guys, listen, a massive, massive game to come. Champions League, quarter-final second against Man City. We're going there to win. And as always, come on, you Spurs! Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.